Hi, I'm Marietta Del Vecchio and welcome to another episode of the Silver Bullet Podcast. This podcast is about lessons learned in running a business with a strong focus on startup founders and CEOs. We'll uncover what gaps these disruptors have identified in the market, what they're doing differently to their competitors, and of course, to find out their silver bullet for business success. On today's episode of the Silver Bullet Podcast, I'm chatting with Holly Wilson, the head of Melbourne for Club of United Business, a members-only community where business owners and entrepreneurs share knowledge and network with like-minded members. During the podcast, we chat about what makes Cub different to other members-only clubs, why a good work ethic is the most valuable attribute to look for when recruiting, and how Cub helped Holly overcome one of her biggest fears. Thank you for joining me on the podcast, Holly. Thanks for having me. Why don't I get you to tell us a little bit about Club of United Business or CUB as it's known and what makes you guys unique? Yeah, absolutely. So CUB is a private members club for entrepreneurs and business owners. Um, We started about eight years ago and have about 1,200 members across um, Melbourne and Sydney, which is super exciting. And I guess what makes us unique is um, we have a really organic style of networking. Um, So, yeah, there's no sort of business cards being handed around. We really focus on building relationships and building trust um, and opportunities happen off the back of that. And then I guess um, the other thing is our diversity. Um, We've got a really amazing um, diverse community, which is fantastic. And when you talk about diverse community, are you talking about like members are from all sorts of different business backgrounds as well as cultural backgrounds? Yeah, absolutely. So different industries, different size of business, different cultural backgrounds, um, obviously gender diverse as well. Yeah. And is that a really intentional um, element of CUB or part of the selection and screening process? Um, because it's it's not an exclusive club, but it is in in some ways a selective club because pe- members do have to meet with people before they join. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So we're selective in um, in the sense that our members are accomplished business owners. You know, they have an established business, but not in the sense of where they come from or what their gender is. Um, you know, we're open to all business owners in that sense. So we often hear about old school business and social clubs that are men's only, of course. Mm. Are they your main competitor? Uh, And was that ever a consideration when Cub was started? Yeah. um, Look, I think it was a consideration. I won't speak on behalf of Daniel, but I'm sure um, that was a consideration. I personally wouldn't say they're a main competitor because it's a very different market. Um, Most of our members really want that diversity um, in a community that they join. So... Yeah, I wouldn't say a main competitor, but definitely a competitor within our industry, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Do you have any members that are also members at some of those clubs? And have you? what sort of feedback have you had about what they see as the main differences? Yeah, we do actually. Um, so I guess the feedback that we get is that they're members for different purposes. So um, a lot of our members that are members of those clubs, um, they're there for social reasons. They have, you know, um, a long-term network there that they can go and socialise with, whereas they see CUB as an opportunity just to connect as a business owner with other business owners regardless. Okay, so there's the hot tip. If you've got a, if you, if you want to network through business, then CUB is better. 
Is yeah, that what you're saying? If you, if you want to connect with other business owners that are going through that same journey or have been through what you're going through, then yeah, covers the place to be. <laughs> What's your female um, member base like? And can you share a bit about the value of being an inclusive club? Mm, um, our female member base, and I speak for Melbourne just because I don't have a huge amount of um, interaction with all of the Sydney female members. Um, they're just so excited and passionate about what they're doing. Um, there's a real buzz, you know, when you see them come into the clubhouse. The, yeah, they just love it. So, yeah, they're really great. Um, and I guess in terms of the value of being diverse, there's just so much value in different perspectives, whether that's from different genders or, as you said, different cultural backgrounds. And I just don't think it makes sense to cut any of those out. So, yeah. A cub. You guys have a number of organised functions and networking events that encourage members to interact and really foster those business relationships. And mm-hmm. you, you you personally have introduced a slightly more personal event that has been an absolute hit with the members, yeah. especially dads. Tell us about the Parents' Roundtable. Yeah, so I'll start by saying we do have a Mums and a Dads' Roundtable, but and I love the Mums Roundtable, but we were so pleasantly surprised by the Dads Roundtable, just by the level of vulnerability and openness and willing to share experiences, whether they were good experiences or not so good experiences that they had in terms of balancing being a parent and running a business. Can you expand a little bit about that? Like what sorts of experiences did people share and what was the feedback? Yeah. So, I mean, we've got dads with kids of all different ages. So whether they've got a baby on the way or they have a toddler or their kids have left home already. Um, And I guess some of the experiences shared were kind of along the lines of, hey, this is something that happened to me that was a real turning point moment in my journey as a father and as a business owner. And I guess don't make the same mistakes that I did which was really incredible to see some light bulb moments from dads that maybe were in that same place currently, realising that they maybe weren't, I guess, spending enough time with their children or they weren't quite balancing it as well as they could be. And just them going, oh, like, I don't I don't want to make that same mistake. And what's participation been like? You've had a few of them now. Yeah, we have had a few. So um, they're always really good in terms of um, numbers. We get a whole lot of dads jump on. I also find it's one of the first events when new members join that they go, oh, I want to see what that's about. Um, So yeah, we get a lot of interest. That's really exciting. What Mm. are some of the other kind of like, just for people listening who might not know about the structure and networking structure Mm -hmm. of Cub, um, can you explain a little bit more about like the core and the other structured network meets? Yeah, absolutely. So we have core, which are our sort of forum style groups and core is all about building relationships and then leveraging each other's knowledge. So you meet a group of eight to 10 members um, three times and each session has a different purpose. So something really cool that we've just done as well is we've added a Harvard lecture with Janae John-John, who's a Harvard Business School professor. So this season she talked about um, leading a high-performing team and then members got to go away and discuss that with their group, which was really cool. And then another one that I really like is our Strategic Partnerships Roundtable. So we do that for different industries 
And essentially the purpose is to come to the table with, you know, a bit of a brief on what you do and what services you provide, but also some different services that you don't provide that would be really beneficial to your clients and members can find opportunities to partner up or to refer to each other. Do you have any examples of some connections that have been made and partnerships Mm. that have flourished out of some of these meets? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, two of the really fun ones that I can think of, I mean, a couple of years ago, we had a member who created his entire business advisory board out of Cub members, um, which is pretty cool. (laughs) And more recently, we've had um, two members. So um, Brenton Canazaro, so he's in um, web development. And Lillian Najad, who is this beautiful clinical psychologist, um, she has the voice of an angel. Um, she is on Calm, I believe. Her meditations are amazing. But they came together and developed a mental health app called Contain Your Brain, um, which is all about controlling how you worry. Um, and I guess not, you know, everyone worries, but not letting it affect your, um, I guess, performance and productivity. Um, sorry guys, if I've got that wrong, but that's my interpretation of it. Um, but the really cool thing was, you know, they've obviously met through Cub, they've developed this, you know, Cub baby business, but they also got a few other members involved. So, um, from what I can remember, a member did their financial work, their legal work. Um, and then they had a launch party and shared that success with a whole lot of members of the clubhouse, which was really special. Oh, that's so fun. Mm. So it really is like an entrepreneurial hub like if you Mm. if you don't have a really good support system and a lot of people don't in the business place business realm they always talk about business being a really lonely journey yep this is a way for it to not be so lonely and to have that help and support in place yeah absolutely and you know you can talk about the exciting things that are happening I mean the feedback we often get from members is they feel like they can't celebrate that with their friends or family because it could be seen as bragging but then they also can't vent and say oh this is really hard because they don't understand that so they can come here and really get it off their chest I guess and get some validation that they're not the only one going through that journey. Oh now we're moving on to talk about you Miss Holly. So (laughs) you have a background in hospitality. Tell me about how you came to work at Cub and why you made the career transition. Yeah, Um, I actually kind of just stumbled upon Cub, um, which was quite funny. So I used to own a restaurant in New Zealand, um, which I exited. And to be honest, I was just really burnt out. Um, I was doing 120 hour weeks. Um, it It was full on. So We decided to move back to Melbourne um, because we really missed Melbourne. And I was actually just looking for an events role. Um, I just kind of wanted a break from restaurants. Um, It's a pretty brutal industry. And I thought, look, this is an area that I know really well. Um, So I started applying for events roles, which in hindsight, I'm very lucky that I didn't take one of them because (laughs) this was about five weeks pre-COVID. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So interesting time. Um, But I saw an ad for Cub and they were advertising it as an events and community manager role. And I just saw events, thought this is cool. I started looking into Cub and to be honest, I just got more and more obsessed um, with the concept. It really excited me, you know, having just come from owning and running a business and that being really challenging. 
but also, you know, my parents are small business owners. I've just always been around it. And the fact that there was somewhere that was a support network for business owners was really exciting. Um, so I applied for that role. Um, it was funny. The interview process was quite long. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was a few weeks. And having just moved back to Australia and, you know, moving house and all that, I was keen to get my teeth stuck keen to get stuck into something and it was funny I remember my partner saying to a couple of friends like oh I really hope she gets this role because I'm not going to hear the end of it if she doesn't because by that point I had decided that Cub was my place um yeah and really loved it and still love it and yeah have been here ever since and obviously from being events and community manager you have evolved into your role that you have now, head of Melbourne. What does that role entail exactly? Yeah, lots of things. Um, So part of my role as head of Melbourne, um, I'm also a relationship manager to quite a few of our members. So that means I just get to sort of chat with members all day and hear about their experiences and what's going on with them and what they need and um, where they've found value or where maybe we could be doing things better. So, yeah, that's, I guess, the best part of my role is just spending time with our awesome members. The other great part of my role is that I get to lead a really amazing team. So there is five of us in total in Melbourne. So we're a small team, um, but everyone is just super passionate and super high performing, um, more so than I've ever experienced. And I think that's really rare. So I'm very lucky there. Um, And then sort of driving, and the team does this as well, driving the culture within the community. Um, We have an amazing culture in the Melbourne community, which we're very protective of. Um, And that's actually part of our member induction process. So when I induct new members to the club, I explain the culture to them and how important that is. So, you know, every time a member walks into a club event, really they should feel like, as Daniel says, they're arriving at their grandma's house. Um, You know, they're (laughs) greeted by name. Everyone's excited to see them. Yeah. So um, we work really hard to kind of maintain and grow that culture. What are some of the key elements of of the culture that you impart on new inductees? Mm, So something I always say is be really open to who you meet, Um, even if that person doesn't seem like they um, can benefit you straight off the bat. You don't know what value they could provide or what perspective they have or who they know. Um, And I guess that really being supportive and um, helping each other succeed. It's funny because I've, I find, and I don't know if you've ever found this prior to being a cub, but Australia can have a little bit of a, bit of a closed attitude towards networking. They are always yep. sort of, I get the sense that a lot of people are like, Oh, what are you, what are you trying to get from me? Are you trying to get something from me? And it wasn't until I was exposed to a really open networking mindset community and that was my um doing my MBA Mm. that I changed my attitude I don't think I was ever super closed off but I think I you know opened it significantly after that um now like if anybody reaches out to me I'll talk to anybody if anybody wants to catch up as long as I have time and it's you know I know it's it's going to be of benefit to them I generally catch up with people and try and help wherever I can. It's not, but otherwise, like, have you ever had that impression? Australia, Australians think networking is a dirty word. 
yeah. I mean, some people think it's a dirty word and then some people love that dirty part of networking. And I think it's, I'm from New Zealand. It's the same there. Um, I think people go into networking thinking, okay, I need to get something out of this or someone's trying to get something from me. And it's it can come across quite salesy and um, transactional. And mm. that's something that we really push when we bring, in fact, before we bring a member on board is, you know, the reason that you're joining CUP should not be primarily to get business. That's not what we're about. Um, you know, we're here to build relationships and build that foundation and build your network. And if business comes from that, then that's fantastic. And it quite often does. Um, but yeah, as I said earlier, you're not walking into a room and handing out business cards and going, oh, what can you do for me? Um, you're going, who are you? What's your business about? Share your journey. Yeah, it's quite different. Makes sense. What are the members telling you about, I guess, what are their main concerns at the moment, given the state of the economy and all of the challenges that businesses, especially small businesses, are facing? Yeah, I mean, we've we've seen a lot of people struggling to hire, um, which in turn means that most business owners have less time. Um, so I think that's been their main struggle. Um, but some of the feedback we get is that, Every time they come to a cub event that maybe they've been under the pump that day and they've thought, oh, I, I don't know if I can go to this, I really need to get some work done, they come and they're really energised off the back of that and they're really happy that they came to that event and sort of connected. So, yeah, that's really exciting to hear. That's amazing. Um, are there any lessons that you learned early on in your career or even through being a restaurant owner and that you've sort of carried with you and still live by today <laughs> now that you work with business owners? Yeah. Um, something I learned very early on and was kind of instilled into me by my parents is the value of work ethic. Um, I think that's something that you, you really can't train, um, but it's just so invaluable. Um, yeah. If you find someone that has a great work ethic, but maybe doesn't have the skill, like they're so worth putting the effort into. Um, so yeah, that's one thing. Um, and I guess Another thing is how important it is to love what you do. Um, when I was in the restaurant game, I absolutely loved it. I must admit I lost a bit of that love towards the end just from being so burnt out. But finding carb and then finding something that I really enjoy doing, you know, no one wants to feel like they're dragging themselves to work every day. Um, so I think that's super important. Yeah, definitely. And final question for the day, what's your mm. silver bullet for business success? So mine, and I read your um, criteria and I've tweaked it a little bit. So mine is more of a personal slash career um, lesson. And it's just say yes to every opportunity. Um, and that sort of came out for me last year. Um, I used to absolutely hate public speaking, like petrified, could not present in front of six people petrified. And it was something that I really knew that I needed to improve on for my role because I have to, you know, get up and do intros for core and things like that. So it was something I was sort of working on and we were at an awards night. Um, it was the Small Business Champions Awards and Daniel was presenting and it was the first time he'd done it and it was sort of over a thousand people, which was super exciting. And he made a joke saying, oh, you'll do this next year. So I thought, right, I've got a year to prepare for this. And then the next week I got a call from Alice and said, she said, they, uh, they want you to present at the Women's Small Business Champions Awards. And I said, great, when's that? And she said, five weeks time. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah. Every bit of me wanted to say no. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was terrified. But my my thought process was, you know, if I say no to this, I might never get asked again. Um, and I will be so kicking myself if I don't do this. And I got up and spoke in front of a thousand people um, five weeks later. And it's amazing. Now I love it. It was one of the best things I've ever done. So I think just saying yes to everything, regardless of fear and, you know, pushing yourself to grow is super important. Well, I think it was Richard Branson who famously said, jump and learn how to fly on the way down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you nailed it. Well done. <laughs> yeah, thank you. No, it was very, very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, Holly. Yeah, thank you for having me. That was fun. 